Well, that's right, everybody. Today, we are gonna conclude our series, He Shall Be Called, and we'll get into that in just a moment. Um, But I wanna remind you and kind of piggyback off what you just heard in the news is Friday night, we begin our Christmas Eve services right here at our university campus. And then on Saturday, um, services at both locations. All the times are there. Um, East Campus, Pastor DJ will walk you through specifically the time. And and I, I can't wait for our Christmas Eve services. Our team has been working so hard. They're gonna be beautiful, some surprises along the way. Um, and I hope that you'll join us. But one of the things I'm gonna encourage all of us to do, they're inside your worship guide, um, is that before you leave, even get some more that are in the lobby, um, stock up on these invitations. Um, and I just kind of like put your like radar up, like your God radar up. He will um, allow you to cross paths with people this week. Um, and you never know what God will do through a simple invitation. In fact, Amanda and I, we've invited several families, several of our friends. Um, Two of our friends have said they're gonna be here. Um, Even a family that played football or his son played football with Grayson, uh, they told us they're gonna come. We've been inviting like crazy. Um, You never know what God will do through a simple invitation. Um, These are gonna be incredible, incredible services. And I just wanna remind you um, that we started this last week. There's sticky notes that are on your worship guide. Um, what we do with these every year around this time and even into Easter, um, the, the people that you're praying um, and, and planning on inviting, uh, we ask you just to write their first name on a sticky note and put it on the wall as you leave your campus today. Um, and your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, they will be prayed for by name every single day leading into into Christmas Eve services. And then we take their names down so they're not freaked out when they walk into the room. Um, But would you do that? Um, Be praying, um, be inviting, and we're expecting God to do some amazing things this, this Christmas. All right. If you haven't already, get those sermon notes out. Uh, We're gonna continue this series, um, He Shall Be Called. And it comes from my um, favorite title that was given to Jesus. Um, It's Emmanuel, which means God's with us. And this is from Matthew 1, verse 23. It says, look, the virgin, that's Mary, she will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means both locations say this nice and loud, which means God with us. God's presence is here with us. Um, Week one, we talked about God's presence is with us in the valley, that we enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we really get to know him personally when we're in the valley. And then last week, I gave you the doctrine of the incarnation, God's presence on earth, God concarne, coming as a human in Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. And there was those three R's to reveal the very nature of God, uh, to relate to all of our circumstances, and then to redeem us. And, And actually, I have one more R that I'm gonna give you on Christmas Eve. That's all I'm gonna say. Don't try to guess it. Um, and if you missed either of those two services, I would encourage you to go online and, and check it out. And today, as we kind of close this sermon series, and I'm gonna try to move pretty fast because after the service, if you're a member of our church, we have our annual business meeting. It, that, that won't take long, but I just wanna give us the same like kind of exit time as we normally would. So I'm gonna try to give you the next 30 minutes. Um, I, I think this will be an incredibly helpful message for you. 
And we're gonna discover that God's presence, Emmanuel, God with us, that God is with us when we face the storms of life, in the storms of life. You know, I, I had a seminary professor. He used to say all the time, um, you're either you either just got out of a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're about to go through a storm. Now, none of us in his class would say amen, like that's right. What he was saying is, you're either just coming out of a difficult situation, you're in the middle of a difficult situation, or you're about to enter into a difficult time in your life. And all of us in the room, we know that to be true. Like life is hard. Wouldn't you admit that? It's difficult. And some of you right now, in this Christmas season, it's the great amplifier if you're going through a difficult season, Christmas just has a way of making it even more difficult. And you're in the middle of a storm. And while we're in that storm, we oftentimes ask this question. Say, God, where are you when I'm in the middle of my storm? I thought you were gonna protect me. I thought you were gonna keep me from trouble. Where is God in the storm? In 1959, um, they started naming massive storms after um, females. Now, you would think there was a science to that, but, but before 1959, they would name hurricanes just after like their geographical location. So, for instance, if you lived in Jacksonville, Florida, and you had a hurricane, they would just call that Hurricane Jacksonville. But in 1959, meteorologists just started naming these massive storms after, check this out, after their wives and after their girlfriends. <laughs> Think about this. Go home, Amanda, there's a massive category five hurricane coming our way. It's gonna cause tons of loss of life, tons of damage, and this hurricane just reminds me of your personality, and so I'm gonna name this storm after, after you. <laughs> that wouldn't go over so well, but that's leading into 1959 until 1979, people would just start naming these storms after their girlfriends and wives, but then in 1979, there was an equal rights movement, and so storms started being calling after men. So now we've had some massive storms over the last couple of years, like Hurricane Harvey, Hurricane um, Ian, Hurricane um, Irma, back and forth. Now, I, I did find this out in the study that if it's a massive storm, like tons of destruction, loss of life, they will retire that name and you'll never, they'll never call a hurricane after that name ever, ever again. And the reason why I bring all that up is because some of you right now, you are in a crazy storm. It's a massive storm. And there's a name to it. Like some of you are wondering, when, when is the storm of divorce ever gonna be over? There doesn't seem to be any cloud that's gonna lift it. You just, when is this ever gonna be over? When is this relational storm gonna finally resolve itself? When am I gonna dig myself out of this financial storm? Some of you right now, you are in a storm and you're wondering this question, like God, where are you in the middle of, of the storm? Now, now I'm, I'm gonna give you my big idea at the front and I'm gonna come back to this over and over again. Write this in your notes. Here's the idea for today. That never allow the presence of a storm to cause you to doubt 
the presence of God. Let me say that again. Never allow the presence of a storm that you're in to cause you to doubt the presence, the presence of God. Emmanuel, God with us, even in the middle of a storm. I want you to open your Bibles to Acts chapter 27. We're gonna look at a passage of scripture about a group of guys in the middle of, of a storm. Now, we don't know how many guys there are. All we know is that this storm lasted for days and days and days. They threw all of their cargo, all of their food overboard to try to save their life. But all of these men on this ship thought that their life was coming to an end. And in Acts chapter 27, we're gonna kick it off in verse 20. We pick up the story and it says, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days. So that's the idea. This storm has been raging on and on and on for days and days and days. The storm continued raging. And some of you, you, would, you can totally relate to that. You think that whatever storm, there is no end in sight. It's just raging all of the time. And the text says, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Now, I find that such an interesting comment because as a pastor who walks life's journey with people, I actually hear that quite a bit. You're giving up hope. The storm has lasted longer than you ever thought that it would. And now you're to the point of wondering, man, is it even worth it? Will my marriage even survive? You're wondering, is it even worth it? My kid that's walked away, that's causing us so much pain, will that ever come to an end? There's no hope for, for them. Why even try to get out of debt? This financial burden is so hard. We're just gonna give up all altogether. And you can totally relate to the men on the ship. You're giving up all hope of ever being saved, of the storm ever coming to an end. The text continues in verse 21. After they had gone a long time without, without food. So now you get the picture. They've thrown everything overboard. They're starving in the middle, and it just become delirious. Paul, that's the Apostle Paul, he stood up before them. <laughs> I think this is so funny. The Apostle Paul stood up before them and said, men, you should have taken my advice um, not to sail from Crete. Now, now, this is one of those moments that when you're in the storm, and somebody pipes up and says, see, I told you so. You're in the mess that you're in. You should have, you should have listened to me. This is the moment when you just like, kind of like, I want to punch Paul in the face. Paul, you're on the boat with us. That comment is not helpful to anybody right now in this, in this moment. And don't we all have a little bit of like the Apostle Paul in us when it comes to this? We just think sometimes that it's, it's, it's our gift to lend an ear and say, well, I told you so. You shouldn't have done that. But I told you, I knew you were going to get in the mess should have listened to me. Now, I don't, know, I don't know who I'm talking to, but this is Christmas week. You're about to have some family members show up to your house and you're gonna have that family member that um, has the same issue every single year and you've given them advice over and over and over again. And sometime during lunch or dinner, that conversation's gonna turn. And with everything inside of you, you're gonna wanna say, I told you so. You should have taken my advice years ago. I, I wanna help you. This is gonna solve a lot of your family's crisis in Christmas. Um, just keep your mouth shut. And instead of like, I told you so moment, just give them lots of grace, lots of mercy. As we say around one life, you don't need to tell people how bad they are. They already know it. 
Try to avoid being like the Apostle Paul in this moment. And instead of telling, I told you so, just give them some love and some grace. I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you're welcome. That's for free. You're going to have a much better Christmas with your family, I promise you. And this is what Paul says. You should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and all this loss. Now, now here... Here's what I find so interesting about this, this passage. Think about it. Whose fault was it that these men were in this storm? It, it was their fault. They decided to go out on the ship when the environment, when the conditions were risky. It's, it's their fault that they're in this storm. It, it was so funny in Christian circles a lot. You'll hear people say, oh, they'll just blame everything on, well, it's the devil's fault. The, the devil made me do it. It's, it's, it's the devil, not me. It's, it's the devil. And that may be true sometimes, but not everything is the devil's fault. Sometimes the reason why you're in the storm, it's your own dumb fault. <laughs> like You overspent for a very long time. That's why maybe you're in your financial storm. Maybe in a moment you allowed your emotions to get the best of you and you said some things to some people and now you're in the relational storm. It's not always the devil. Sometimes it's, it's your fault. Sometimes like everybody that you knew told you not to date that guy. Everybody. Your mama told you not to date him. Your daddy told you not to date him. Your pastors told you not to date him. I mean, your fortune cookie told you not to date him. Yeah, but, but there's so much potential. He's changed. Listen, he has the potential to ruin your life. And you're in a storm right now because it's your fault. And maybe some of you right now, that's exactly where you are. There's nobody to blame, but maybe just a bad decision that you've made. I also think some of these guys, kind of like Paul, it, it's, it's not their fault per se. It, it's somebody else's fault that put him in the storm. I, I just assume, I don't, I don't know how big the crew was, but there was probably a handful, and Paul included, that would say, uh, we shouldn't do this. The conditions are risky. But for some reason, the captain said, no, we're still gonna set sail and they're in the storm because of somebody else's decision. Maybe some of you can relate to that. Maybe you were a kid and your parents divorced and you were in a storm or maybe even now you're in that storm right now and it is no fault of your own, somebody else, but you're in, you're in a storm. Maybe you work for a company and they just made really bad financial decisions and because of their poor financial decisions, they've had to let you go and right now you're in a storm. No fault of your own, but they've caused it. Maybe you're in a storm because you trusted somebody and they gave you their word and you went all in only to find out that they were lying to you and you're in a storm right now because it's somebody else. Whether it's your fault, it's somebody else's fault, you can relate that the storm keeps raging on and maybe you've lost, you've lost hope. The text continues, this is where Paul stands up, but now I urge you, this is Paul, but now I urge you to keep your courage. So if you find yourself in a storm today, 
your fault, somebody else's fault, whatever the case is, like don't lose your faith. Keep your courage because, this is what Paul says, not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Like the ship's going down, but you're not going down. Last night, this is, I love this. Last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood right beside me. That, that's like the ultimate flex from Paul. Like just last night, an angel just came and, and told me, the ship's going down, but nobody else is going down. You're gonna be all, all right. And I don't know how all this works, but, but I believe this to be true. I believe there are guardian angels. There are guardian angels. I believe this right here in this room right now. There are guardian angels over at our East Campus right now. Online, there's, there's angels with you. I don't know, maybe there's two angels on either side of me. Maybe there's an angel sitting right next to you. I don't know how all of that works, but the Bible does tell us that there is more that's happening in the spiritual realm than even what we can see. There's a war going on. And there are angels that are protecting us, guiding us. I don't know how all of that works, but what I do know for sure is that if you're a believer in God, you put your faith in Jesus, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit of the living God dwells within you and he will never leave you and he'll never forsake you and he is with you every step of the way. That the ship may go down, but because you have the Holy Spirit of God, you're not going down. Just like Paul and these men, maybe you're in the storm and you just need to know today, like, he's there. He's beside you every step of the way. And I, I have a couple just extra verses for you. East Campus, I know you wanna hear these extra verses. This is actually Paul again, coaching young pastor Timothy. And Paul says, everybody else deserted me. And, and maybe that's exactly how you feel. That's the storm. You're in a storm of loneliness and isolation. Well, Paul can relate. Everybody else deserted him. He says, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. One more. This is in the Old Testament. This is David in Psalm 16, 8 in the New Living Translation. David says, I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. Yeah, you're going through the storm. It's real, it's painful, it's raging on. Emmanuel, God with us, he is right beside you. You will not be shaken. Last week, I gave you this, I'm gonna expound a little bit more. When you understand this principle, it doesn't matter who you are, it matters who you're with. It doesn't matter who you are, it matters who you're with. Uh, not a secret, but my wife, Amanda, is a great marathon runner. Her first marathon that she ran in 2017, she qualified to run the Boston Marathon, like a BQ which is insane, right? And by the way, I think everybody who kind of runs marathons have a little bit of insanity going on in some, some area of their, of their life. I mean, it, it, it takes a, a crazy person to put themselves through all that training, all that pain. And my wife, she absolutely loves the grind and she loves the training. 2017, she had a goal, hey, I wanna run a marathon, I wanna qualify for Boston. 
And qualifying for Boston is kind of like an um, age and your time kind of calculation. And depending upon your age and the time, they will allow you to run the Boston, the Boston Marathon. After you qualify, so, so runners, there's kind of like several brackets. So a, just to run a marathon is impressive. Uh, to become a Boston qualifier, that's really impressive. Uh, but to become elite status, you need to run like a sub three marathon, a sub three hour marathon, which means like that's a six minute, 45 second pace for 26.2 miles. Yeah, like it's, it's insane. 2018, 2019, Amanda, we're now here living in Arizona. She gets a coach and she has a goal that she's gonna run a sub three hour marathon. I can remember this like yesterday. Her coach told her, I'm gonna give you all the paces up to mile 20. But at mile 20, right here in Arizona, I'm going to find you on the course. And I don't want you to think about anything. I don't want you to, to even like plan the last six miles. I am going to pace you in. I'm gonna be right beside you the entire way, encouraging you, guiding you. You don't have to think about anything. I am going to lead you those last six miles. And Amanda, in February, 2019, she ran her first sub three hour marathon. She has since crushed even that time, but do you all wanna see her first crossing the finish line? Here it is. This is that day. See the timer. Amanda and her coach coming in at us. This is the moment she crushes her goal. Yeah, you did. And look at her face. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Absolutely. Incredible, just so exciting. And then 15 minutes later, I mean, Amanda gave everything to get that goal. 15 minutes later, as we're kind of going out of the recovery area, Amanda's body began to seize and they rushed her into the tent, got her an IV right away. All the paramedics started like stretching her out, getting rid of all of, all of the cramps. And here's what Amanda would tell you. Amanda would say, it doesn't matter who I was that day. If it wasn't for my coach leading me, guiding me, encouraging me, there's no way that I would have hit that goal on that particular day. And let me say something. We walk this Christian life. It doesn't matter who you are. It matters who you're with. And when you understand that even in the storms of life, that God is right beside you every step of the way, I'm telling you, it allows you to run the race of your life differently. It allows you to finish the race knowing that he is there. He is with you. He's never gonna let you down. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter who you are in those moments. It matters who you're with. God, Emmanuel, he is with us right now even in the storm of your life. The ship may go down, but you will not go down. You will survive this storm. It, it even reminds me of Jesus and the disciples. Another story of the disciples being on a ship, Jesus is underneath, he's sleeping, and while they're sailing, a storm kicks up, 
and the disciples freak out. Oh my goodness, we're gonna, we're gonna die. There's no help for us. And they start panicking. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, we need you. And Jesus comes up on, on the shore and he says this, um, um, oh ye of little faith. You've walked with me. You, you've been on this journey. Oh, oh ye of little faith. And I just picture, he just raises his hand and says, but peace be still. And in the moment, the storm ceases. The winds and the waves, they calm. And in that moment, the disciples, they have peace. And I want you to know something. The disciples had peace, not like you would think, because real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Peace is found in the presence of Jesus. Because so often Christians think, oh, I just need to get rid of the trouble in my life. Once I have like a trouble-free life, then I will experience peace. And I'm telling you, like that is, that is bad theology. Jesus himself says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Real peace is not found in the absence of a storm. Real peace is found in the presence of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, even in the storm. The text continues in Acts chapter 27, verse 23. It says, last night, an angel of the God of, the God of whom I serve, whom I belong, he stood beside me, the ultimate flex. And this is what the angel said. Paul, don't be afraid. You must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Now, I just think that's hilarious. Because what he's saying, Paul, don't worry about this battle, because there are more battles for you to face. I'm gonna get you through this storm, but guess what? There's, there's more storms, there's more storms coming. Which is why, write this in your notes, you have to understand this, there, there's a purpose in the storm. There's a purpose in your storm. And, and, and I know you're going through it right now and I know it's difficult, but God is not done with you. There is still air in your lungs, he is not done with you. You are going through this storm, he's taking you to another storm. Why? Because there's a purpose behind it. There's a purpose. And maybe you never thought about this, but the storm that you're going through right now, it may not even be about you. The storm that God has you going through, it might be that one day you can help somebody else through their storm. Who better to help somebody through a divorce than somebody that's already been through a divorce? Who better to walk the journey with, with a family who can't conceive and struggle with infertility than a family who's walked that journey? Who better to care for a, a couple whose son or daughter has walked away than a couple whose son and daughter has walked away? Yeah, the storm, it's real, it's painful, but maybe, just maybe, God is allowing you to go through a storm because he wants to do something deeper inside of you that ultimately benefits other people. It's for the glory of God and for the good of people. You need to know this. There is purpose in the storm that you're going through. And I gave this to you last week, but you need to know this and believe this, that it is easier to see that God was with you in the rear view mirror than it is through the windshield. That's been true in my life, it's been true in so many lives, that while you're going through it, because it's raging and because it's real and because it hurts, 
You can't always see that God is there, but once you get through that storm, you know he's been with you and he's been faithful the entire, the entire time. He's in the rearview mirror of your life. And this Christmas season, I would encourage you to journal. Through every storm that you've gone through, looking back, begin to write, God, this is where you showed up. This is how you used this moment, this season of my life to benefit somebody else. Why? Because he's always there. He's always in the rear view, in the rear view mirror. This is the last verse, verse 25, chapter 27. Paul says to the guy, so here, here's the deal. Keep up your courage. Hey, men, keep your courage. Ladies, keep the faith. Don't allow this storm to take you out. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. And some of you today, that's exactly what you need to believe, what you need to internalize. And here's what I know, that my faith is not in what I see. My faith is in what God says. It's not in the world around me. It's who God is. He's Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's your comforter. He's your deliverer. He's your guide. He's your healer. He's your salvation. He is the bread. He is, he's the spring of water today. He is everything that you need. And you need to believe that he is who he says he is. One more verse and then I'm done as, as we close. Let this just rush over you this morning. But David says this, God is our shelter and he's our strength. Always ready to help in your storm. He, he, he's your shelter. You, you can hide in him. He protects you. And when you get a glimpse of that, when you know that he's Emmanuel, when he's got God with us in your time of trouble, so no matter what comes, we will not be afraid. Even if the earth is shaken and the mountains fall into the ocean depths, even if the seas roar and rage and the hills are shaken by violence, even if the economy falls apart, even if we get that diagnosis from our doctor, whatever you would ever deal with, he is our shelter and he's our strength. He's always ready to help in times of trouble. So no matter what comes, we will not be afraid. Why? Because he's Emmanuel. He is God with us. So we will never allow the presence of a storm to cause us to doubt in the presence of God. So right where you are, all over the room, both locations, online, turn off every distraction. I invite you right now to bow your heads, to close your eyes. God is speaking to us today. Because there are many of you, you, you would just admit, you would say, Pastor Jared, oh my goodness, I am in a storm. And it is raging and I see no way out. But no one's looking around. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed. But if that's you, you would say, Pastor, I'm, I'm in a storm. 
Oh, right, right, just raise your hand. I want, I want to pray a special prayer over you. Just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. Today, I, I find myself in a storm. Oh, God, God, you, you see the hearts of your people. I pray right now that in the middle of their storm, that the people of God, that they'll believe the word of God. And they'll realize that this storm will not take them out. Even while it rages, that you have a plan and a purpose. And you're going to work all these things out for their good. Come close to the brokenhearted today, God. Bring healing. Bring the wayward child home. Bring restoration in relationships. We pray for breakthrough in finances. Lord, you know where everyone is today. Come on, just receive this. Hold nothing back. Receive all that God has for you today. He's for you. He's not against you. He is Emmanuel. He is God with you. With your heads bowed and your eyes still closed, some of you, you're far from God. You've been going your own way. You've been keeping God at a distance. But today in this service, you know that God is speaking to you. And that voice that you're hearing, that's not a voice of judgment and shame. That's a voice of kindness and grace and mercy. And he's calling you home. God wants a personal relationship with you, which is why he sent Jesus to this earth. To live a perfect life, to pay a price for our sins that only he could pay. That's why Jesus willingly went to a cross so you could be in right relationship with God. And you know God's speaking to you today. And you need to give him your heart. You need to respond to this love. So right where you are, that's you. Just pray this prayer. Put it in your own words, but begin a real relationship with God. Pray this. Say, today, God, I'm sorry for going my own way. I'm sorry for keeping you at a distance. But today, as simply as I know how, I give my life completely and fully to you. Say, come live inside of me, change me, make me the person you long for me to be. Now, Holy Spirit, I thank you for every person who's praying that prayer at our university campus, at our East campus, online. Some today are praying that prayer for the very first time. Others, it might be a prayer of rededication. But Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for saving people. And my prayer is that the people of God will apply the truth of what we're learning in this series, that you are Emmanuel. God, you are with us, that we'll apply that truth to our life because we know that we will be changed by it. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.